0: Welcome to the Makom Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast, where we connect students and listeners with Israel by discussing and exploring current events and relevant issues. I am your host, Michael Unterberg, here as always with co-host Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan?
1: Oh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here in Israel. Are you?
0: Okay, well, that well, makes one of us.
1: You know, lights have come out. We're moving out. I mean, the number of infections is down to the, you know... Last, I think last year, yesterday, they're 13 in the last 24 hours.
0: Yeah, the growth has slowed down quite a bit. We're going to do a non-corona update episode to keep Whoa. up with what's going on in the news. <laughs> and with us also is producer Matt Littman. How are you, Matt?
2: I'm very well, thank you. I wish I shared Alan's optimism, but I'm not sure I'm quite ready to yet.
0: Oh, yeah, I know we near there. Uh, but uh, before we start talking about
1: well, all I'm usually of our... A pessimistic one, what
0: yeah. Uh before we talk about all of our many, many new ministers in what may be a government tonight in our multiple episode series of how are they forming a government? Uh, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted hey, it's to it's given apo- us business. I, I would rather have honestly. <laughs> uh uh I wanted to apologize for last week's confusion. Um It's a lot of us are working obviously in strange conditions now in the Corona times. So uh, I apologize that we were unable to overcome our technical uh, dysfunction, but we're, 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 we're working to make it better. It was definitely um, uh, engineer Ben did his best to try to fix up our uh, discombobulation, but even, even and while I can only do so much to repair our uh, our mistakes, or as we call them in Israel, our fashlot, so uh, uh, we apologize for last week, and we will say that as we work forward, trying to work on systems to make them work better, you may notice that the day our podcast drops, we're going to try to still keep it weekly, but we may have to shift what day it drops. I know I know for myself, I like to know like oh Tuesday is this one, Wednesday is this one, for my weekly podcast, but. Uh, please be patient with us as we go forward. And, uh, you might find that on occasion, uh, we, we may be earlier in the week or later in the week, depending on how you're thinking of the week. It may not always be Thursday or Friday. Okay. I mean, who
1: really, who really knows days anymore?
0: Yeah. And, and, and we're, you know, we're working around our, our zoom teaching and our zoom meeting. So, uh, Whatever. I, I I hope you understand and we appreciate your patience and your support and your listening. And as and uh, would always look forward to your feedback. So it looks like after literally and if you go back looking at the previous episodes, after looking at multiple episodes talking about how they're going to form a new government. Supposedly by tonight. We will have a mandated government for the first time since.
1: December, 2018.
0: December, 2018 is when the government collapsed.
1: <laughs> if you guys could see Mike's face now, I wish I, I mean, could describe it.
0: It's May, 2020, and we have not had a full, we've had caretaker management government, but we haven't had a democratically set up mandated government. And now we're coming down to the wire. And as we've discussed in the past, Uh, They're trying to form some kind of unity government between Likud and blue and white. And now they're coming down to the wire. And as everyone would expect, there's certainly drama now as we get down to the wire. So Alan, can you sort of give us the where we are now updates? And then we have to talk about what's going on with this, all this annexation talk and why is Pompeo dropping in for three minutes to like, hey, everybody, now I'm going. Like, what is going on?
1: <laughs> That's why we live in the wild, wild east. Yeah. Um, so basically, in terms of the government, um, as we, we have spoken in the past, but now it looks like it has consolidated that. Um, we. I think we can call it a unity government because it's not just Blue and White and um, and Likud, which are the two major mm-hmm. uh, parties. But both managed to bring over other people in their blocks, mm-hmm. right? Um, but not everybody in their blocks, not every party in their blocks. So the blue and white was able to bring over parts of labor and parts of Gesher, which were um, supposedly to the left of blue and white. Um, again, those terms are a little bit, depends how you define them, but yeah. they were certainly in that left, you know, center left block. Um, And Likud has managed to bring over the ultra-orthodox, the Haredi parties, which was part of their block. And they've also managed to split the the Yamina party, the right, I don't know, the right party or whatever. The
0: Yamina is a block of uh, how many, three right-wing parties? Three. Three right-wing
1: parties. And they're all more or less basically religious right-wing national Zionist parties, but they pretend not to be um the same party uh so but one of those is managed now it looks like it's going to be in the government which is the the one is that is the heir to the traditional zionist, religious zionist party called baiji which was originally used to be called national religious party baiji so,
0: is moving or its head yes. rossi Peretz is moving
1: baiji hudi baiji hudi the whole so he, is uh, as the head obviously he's getting all the focus but I mean, the truth is, uh, and there were reports in the in the media earlier this week that he was getting a lot of pressure from a lot of the um, religious Zionist rabbis, certain religious Zionist rabbis who, you know, um, want uh, him to play the game, want him in the government, not the opposition. Um, yeah. And what about
0: um, what about Neftali Bennett's uh, new right party part of Yamina?
1: So, so his party and the whatever Bital Shmocha's party's name is, I can never get them together. or something. What? National Union. National Union. They are not um, they are not gonna be uh, part they're going into the opposition along with Yair Lapid's um, <laughs> uh, party. And uh, along with Lieberman and all, and, uh, and the, the Arab parties. parties and yeah. Meretz and the, uh, right, the joint list Arab parties and all those. So um, it's, uh, it, it there is a reshaping. I think there is enough of a reshaping to call it a unity government, not just two, you know, parties, right? It, uh, I mean, it's a dramatically
0: weird shift where you have left and right on both sides. It, you have left and right in the government, you have left and right in the opposition. It seems yeah. to be non ideological wheeling and dealing that has formed this new government.
1: Well, there's a few things about that, yeah. Like we said, that um, uh, s- such as it's going to be, it seems to be the biggest um, minister's government, what we call it in terms of government, the biggest government that has the most ministers, somewhere between 32 and 36, right? Israel's Israel's cabinet comes from within the parliament. So it looks like about half of those parliament members are going to be ministers. <laughs> and then the other half will be, I guess, assistant ministers and heads of, par- I mean, and heads of committees. I think it's a good sign and-
0: that it's unclear what the total number will be. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. That's <laughs> called you-
0: transparency
2: in government, <laughs> that we can't even
0: figure out how many ministers
2: we have.
1: Sorry, Matt, you wanted to say something I want to cut you off. Uh, I just
2: want to say a couple of things in, in terms of that sort of, where's it? Like the, the mixture of ideologies that are now coming together um, it seems like an interesting sort of thing because, as as Mike points out, rather right, there's elements of the right that have been left out. There've been elements of the of the right that have been included. There are elements of the left that are left out. Elements of the left that are included. And if you and if you look at the makeup of the government, it, it's not entirely clear how this is actually going to function, um, because there still seems to be like contradictory and conflicting viewpoints within that system within the within the proposed cabinet, um, on lots of key issues and one of the issues which has been brought is, is bringing them supposedly together is this issue of annexation that's number one and the second one is how to deal with corona but even within that we've seen in the interim government there's been a lot of conflicts between different ministries and different government um between different ministries and the health ministry disagrees with the finance ministry that disagrees with the education ministry right like it, well it's that's not, not necessarily
0: going to depend on the ministers who get a, the political ministers who get appointed. That's that, right. That could just be the usual
1: interdepartmental argument, you know. You would hope. Well, I mean, sorry, man. I'm sorry, my guy, cut you off. Yeah.
0: No, you would hope that in in a pandemic that, you know, that priority would be given to the health ministry in making the rules. But each ministry is worried about its own agenda, so it pushes back. So those conflicts. What you need is you need a sort of. Parental management on top to make to resolve those those conflicts, but i I, I think your essential point, I agree 100 percent. there's no the weird ideological spread makes it unclear what agendas they'll be able to focus on, although to get the right wing parties in these the government seems to have made some sort of statement that annexation will be voted on this summer. In July,
1: July yeah. Starting July 1st, they can. They can't before July 1st, but from then they can bring up bills to, to – uh, but again, even in, even that is not so clear because in the fin- – what seems to be in the final government agreements is they did not put in the words annexation or any dates about the summer. They only talked about pursuing peace and in conjunction with the United States and different things and others and – Blah, the blah, line, blahs. The but the news is, is, is making great. a big deal about yeah. it.
2: What? Right, well, because one, the, it seemed to be that the two main foci of them coming together was corona, like how to deal with the, the messed up economy, how to get kids back to school, how to protect the health system, all those things, and annexation, right? Those seem to be the two big pillars of what the uh, coalition is being set up to do. And that annexation part of it isn't clear still because we're not being told exactly where is going, what, what's under consideration, who needs to agree to it, right? Because there's conflicting messages coming out of Washington right now as well. Um, it's a really like interesting thing to see what's going to happen over the next few months.
0: Well, I have two things to say to you, Matt. First of all, your Zoom sounds great to me for some reason, and I'm not sure why. And second of all, I'm really happy that you used the plural foci. That made me happy. But uh, <laughs> but how, how about that, Alan? Do you think you could... Shed some clarity on Matt's issue, which is, first of all, there's this weird thing that that the the media is making a big deal about annexation, but the deal doesn't seem to be actually making a real plan for annexation. And then Matt's saying, I agree, that annexation is being thrown out. What does that mean? The whole West Bank? Parts of the West Bank? Which parts of the West Bank? The Jordan Valley? The major Jewish blocs? What are they supposedly thinking of voting on if that becomes part of what the government
1: does. So it, it all goes really back to the Trump peace plan. And then the pressure here is, um, that's coming in terms of the ideological right is coming from the, the elections in America in November, that there's mm-hmm. a, you know, an argument of there's a window here because we don't know what's going to happen in November. And the Trump uh, government is, Very been very favorable towards Israeli uh, unilateral steps, or it's making its own unilateral steps, right, with moving Mm -hmm. the embassy and things like that. Um, uh, So and breaking breaking past norms, you could say, in its uh, uh, in in, in its dealing with the Israeli Palestinian conflict. So um, the Trump peace plan allows for Israel. Extending sovereignty over certain areas of the West Bank, and now we get into these weird words of is that, you know, annexation or not, but they talk about the word of sovereignty, um, extending sovereignty over certain areas of the West Bank in in a quid pro quo that Israel would then declare they're willing to establish a Palestinian state in those other areas that they don't extend sovereignty to. Um, now, whether that's reasonable or not, and this is something Palestinians have completely rejected out of hand, but for an Israel side, they say, okay, we've got a, you know, on the ideological uh, settlement side, they say, well, look, we've got a favorable guy in Washington. we got to get it done before he does. Let's extend sovereignty over the Jordan Valley, which just about is is a, consen- a wide consensus in Israeli security and and population that that the jordan valley would stay in israeli hands for any kind of deal because that secures our
0: eastern border which we can't leave in the control of palestinians
1: exactly and then also extending sovereignty over settlements over all the settlements in the west bank that israel deems legal meaning there are settlements that israel that people have built that israel doesn't deem legal because they weren't done through the system the snap but for all the settlements that israel deems legal they would extend sovereignty over those also. Um, that, that is the, the deal on the table, let's say, if we're talking about the guy who makes the deals. Here's what's funny to me about that
0: deal. Obviously, the Palestinians rejected it. The Israeli left thinks it's a terrible idea because it's unilateral and it won't work if the Palestinians reject it. The Israeli right rejects it because it's a first step towards creating a Palestinian state. It's a move forward to create a Palestinian state. And so the right is not, at least further right than Likud, are very angry and feel betrayed by the Trump administration. So it's a very strange situation. I happen to think, and I've argued this before, that the Israeli left should embrace this and say, good, we'll annex those areas. Now the rest has to be, we're agreeing that we will not Move in on Area C, which is the majority, you know, without the Jordan Valley, it's still the majority of the West Bank, which can then become part of a Palestinian state with the Gaza Strip. Uh,
1: yeah, look, it's probably, look. Remember, this is an Naftali Bennett plan, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a plan that Naftali Bennett was was pursuing. Well, in um, his plan, we do annex you know. most
0: of Area C. He likes the Trump yeah. plan that creates those yeah. islands. Uh, yeah. city states but the government i don't know that it's going to move
2: exactly in on that plan because yeah and, and there's and it's interesting because if, it, if this was a plan as you say mike that naftali bennett was pushing for but he's decided not to join the government right. the right. very government which is going to be using or trying to promote his plan but right. he doesn't want to be part of the government that's doing right. that like it's just
1: weird
0: yeah. well because he doesn't yeah. think they're really going to do his plan
1: Mm-hmm. No, but also he has clearly stated and it's also very possible that he would su- that he's going to support things that he supports. There's no right. reason why someone in the opposition can't vote for uh, it happens all the time yeah absolutely. for something
2: that the, that the government puts forth. So Absolutely, but the, the position of strength to push forward something you really want to push forward yeah. is from within yeah. the cabinet right so, that, so it's interesting that he's, yeah. that this is one of the main things that's going to be happening allegedly, but yet he's chosen not yeah. to be part of that process as such. Well, he wasn't getting
0: the ministry he wanted. He felt insulted by what ministry. He requested certain ministries. He got other ministries. So he felt he can't work with uh, even after last-minute negotiations.
1: Yeah. I mean, what perplexes me in all of this, and uh, again, I'm I'm not a political scientist, so it's a question I ask the political scientists, right, as a teacher, like, please explain to me, um, is that let's say, you know, Israel pushes through this whole plan, and in July they extend sovereignty to all these places. And you know, President Trump and his government recognize that, and Israel says, "Okay, we recognize the state." And then, and then President Trump loses the the presidency. A- and it's, I mean, and then you know, assuming you know, it's the presumptive right uh, uh, Democratic nominee, right, uh, President, Joe, Biden. Uh, Joe Biden, Vice President Biden. We could just re, like go back on that. Like what? What? Yeah. Like what? Does it give Israel? Like I'm. Like, I don't understand what Israel gives by go by by making a move like this, which is so controversial. Nobody in the world is going to recognize it outside for sure. You know, I mean, anyway, with Koach, right? Anyway, with power, because you're you're planting a flag in the ground,
2: right? That's what it is. It's planting a flag in the ground, and saying this is now ours, um, and because it's now ours, it's off the negotiating table. Right once Israel applies sovereignty to it, but you think
1: that's going to really? You think that's going to be really? I mean, East Jerusalem is not off the negotiating table. So and we and we that I mean, so like uh, how? I mean, it's not just calling an embassy, a little building in a little neighborhood, and this and that. That's fine. This is like a a major, major thing. Well, what it does is
0: if you're if you're not thinking, you're asking a strategic question. Tactically, mm -hmm. it breaks the stalemate. If I were arguing for it. I would say tactically it breaks the stalemate and creates a new set of issues. And then we'll work to see what we can do with the new situation. Because one thing for sure, we've been stuck in this stalemate for so long that we have no options. Let's create a new situation and then see what options present themselves. So I I think it's more tactical than strategic. But um, you always make fun of me for always making that. Yeah. uh that analysis but uh
1: that's the brisker in you, you,
2: have, that you is, that's like is. your two
1: categories that well, what, like. what i
2: always say to my my students is i said whether you love donald trump or whether you hate donald trump i think we can all agree and we've talked about this before on the podcast is that he's taken like policies of the state department regarding the middle east for the last like 40 years and ripped them up and sort of started again now you can either say that's a terrible idea because you're getting rid of precedent and you're getting rid of things which we've done for so many lo- so many years, or you can say, nothing's worked up to now, let's try something new. I mean, I think you can spin either way as, as a positive or a negative, but right. it's something new.
0: Yeah, both of those make sense to me, both sides no, of that
1: I, makes sense. I, I think, Matt, that was a very good way of, yeah. uh, of putting it. He's a disruptor and that's, that's his main strategy. So, yeah. so okay.
0: Alan, you were asking why would Israel move into that type of disruption? Because I think it creates new, now, that said, I think Israel's also looking at its relationship to Europe and what that would do to its relationship with Europe. But already they're getting very serious warning signs and possibly more important to Bibi, uh, what it would do to the thawing of our relationship around the Arab world Would this set that back. And so what you would gain by by maybe changing the status quo, what you would lose, it's a real it's a real Gordian knot. And it has been for some time. And I think BB's default is always status quo. He says he's going to move on things to appease the right wing and keep them with him. And then he delays and delays and doesn't actually do it. So my guess is, as a guy who doesn't believe in his own prediction so much, I'm predicting all this annexation hubbub is going to blend into all the annexation hubbub of the last, you know, decades that we're going yeah. to, and it's just going to end up being another, it's Lucy and the football,
2: I think, is okay, what doing. I think BB's the other doing. thing to yeah. point out is, if this is supposed to happen in July, right? July is basically six weeks away, okay? So it's really not that long. No, it doesn't and,
1: have to happen in July. It doesn't have to happen in July. It can. They can't do it they before They can bring July, the bills forward. They, right? they, but yeah. the,
2: the way it's been presented, at least in the media, is this is something, this was a target for July, Okay. So, but what we have to remember is, I think we've, we've all learned from the last couple of months, it's impossible to make predictions in yeah. terms of the way the world is gonna function, right? We don't know what sort of government offices are gonna be functioning the way they're supposed to be. We don't know what sort of uh, relationships there's gonna be between different countries as technologies change. before corona, like sort of in terms of like preventing corona and curing corona. We don't know how much freedom of movement there is gonna be for different groups of people, right? All of these things are so unknown that it could be, God forbid, there's like a second huge wave in Israel. Like, I would assume that at some point somebody would say, okay, you know what, we've got to deal with that. Let's not deal with annexation right now. I, I mean, I might be wrong, but, um, and I hope there isn't a second wave. But these are the things that, that also we have to understand, that there are so many unknown factors uh, right now in the world. Yeah. Uh,
0: up to and including uh, Israel still pushing Iran out of Syria, while Iran is is self-imploding with a corona. Uh, breakout that is apparently so underreported. It's a disaster zone. And yet they're still digging into Syria in order to create a beachhead against Israel. And Israel's still pe- pushing them back. So there's no, st- the world continues, even though everything is in chaos. There are certain things that are still continuing on that <sighs> Israel still deals with. Maybe it doesn't grab our attention, but it's still there, yeah. as Alan was pointing out before we started recording.
1: And, I mean, also, they're also expand, going back to expanding their nuclear program.
0: Right? Yeah. And that's, uh, they feel that's, unshackled yeah. by, uh, yeah, which is a pretty strange set of priorities in the middle of one of the worst corona outbreaks in the world. Yeah. That and suppressing how bad their corona outbreak is.
1: Right. Yeah. Um,
0: they're, they're trying to rush to the end zone. So... Uh, New, the new government, you think this is a good thing?
1: A good thing, the new government? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a great thing. thing. It's a I thing, I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing. I think that, yeah, I know that uh, I think that there's a, some negatives about it. The fact that it's like very, uh, very you know, big, much bigger than it should be. A time when, remember, ministries and assistant ministers and all that cost a lot of money, and a time when a lot of us are not you know making salaries yeah um and that that is certainly a problem there was a, a a petition that went around like a week or two ago i don't remember when it was or exactly now that asking asking uh, uh the Knesset members to take like a 50% reduction in their pay or something like that yeah. um but as as if um but <laughs> so it, it's certainly problematic but it, the fact is that not having a government um, uh, for a year and a half is a real big problem. Budgets need to be passed. Decisions need to be made. Um, planning needs to be done. Planning needs to be done. Like it, don't like it. It's the morale big, of the country
0: know? is suffering. It's yeah. this like, listen. That's at-
1: good. The, I, I, you I've know, this- like a, a confidence, confidence in government when you need it more than ever because of the crisis. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it, it had to be done, and I give and I give Benny Gantz a lot more, a lot, a lot of credit for like realizing, okay, we had three elections, and this is this is the voice of the people, right? Like you can, you know, people say, oh, you. You traded off, you got rid of the, you know, you're not listening to your voters. No, look at the whole the whole He reprioritized country.
0: based on the facts on the ground.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which, which is what you would expect from a general. So it's very interesting yeah. that two yeah. out of the three generals in that party went that way, right? Uh, and he's now going to be the defense minister. Benny Gantz the foreign minister. Gabi Ashkenazi, one of the four leaders of blue, and, what was blue and white, whatever, is now going to be the foreign minister. Uh, which is a very interesting, um, mm-hmm. a re- very interesting trio of the top three important posts. Now, I guess the fourth important, but like the other important post now is health ministry, mm-hmm. which goes to one of the strongest and uh, one of my personal heroes, Yuli Edelstein in the mm-hmm. in the in Likud. From Likud. Yeah, a former prisoner of Zion in in the USSR. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a I think it's a good thing, and I think you know, and blue and white stood in there, you know, also stood in. They got the justice ministry, which was one of the big, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the big fights is going Mm -hmm. to the blue and white. I I think that there's a lot of things to be positive about here within all the negative. Mm -hmm.
0: And think of all the money we're saving by having our UN ambassador be the same as our ambassador to the United States.
2: (laughs) There you go. I mean, it's funny you ask that question, Michael, because it's something that we've discussed before outside of you know outside of recording and. For me, I, I always have like an internal debate, like, is no government better than a bad government? And I, at first I, I was just like, no, I think a bad government is, is worse than no government. But I, I, I've slowly come around to the way of thinking that, yeah, like, there has to be something that's happening, right? There has to be something that, that's going to be functioning. And if it may not be to one's personal taste or one may be appalled by how bloated this government is, I mean, the the, the drain on the finances of the country is just absurd. But if that's what it takes to, to steer the ship properly, and I hope that it will steer the ship properly, then okay, that's what it takes.
1: And if you do the balance off between, look, if we had another election, again, we'd be talking at least another six Jeez. months till pot- potentially having a government. Think Have of all money. the loss loss of money. That is another election. I'm not just the cost of election, just the loss of not having a government uh, loss. So. Again, you know.
0: I, I if I if I can agree with you guys using a very not Israeli metaphor, using an American metaphor, oh God, if you I have hope a, I
1: understand it.
0: Yeah, you'll catch on. If That's you have a football team, sometimes you have these well oiled machines that can get the ball down the field into the end zone and just you just watch it and it's like breathtaking. And then sometimes you have this like sloppy set of plays that they get it and they make it, and at the end of the day a touchdown's a touchdown. So That's so the like Huh yeah, As the
1: Eagles, <laughs>
0: tu- and you know, and they say, "Oh, what a scrappy. gritty team!" You know, they're so scrappy. They finally pulled it off. Yeah, fine. A touchdown is a touchdown. Like, there's something. The malpractice yeah. of not being able to form a government in the middle of a pandemic is so devastating, and it is embarrassing how how dysfunctional the process was and how long it took to get here. But Agreed. if they if they sign that dotted line tonight, that's a win. That's a yeah. touchdown. So, you know. We'll see, but like, yeah, I, I there's a there's at least some relief that comes with this, if not unqualified optimism, which I think is never a good uh, attitude yeah. towards government. But uh, it's something; it's not totally it's a, broken. Yeah, something. Yeah.
1: no, I I think it's
0: uh yeah, yeah, and I think look, I, and I give I absolutely agree. That's with why you I out. said that.
1: Yeah, that's why I agreed in the beginning of the thing. Where, you know, we're seeing the light at the ton- light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. We're leaving our houses, we're getting a government, you know.
0: Well, I don't know if that's a light at the end of the tunnel, but somebody (laughs) in the tunnel finally turned on a flashlight for crying out loud.
1: That's how (laughs) I kind of see it. Well, I didn't say how long the tunnel is.
0: Yeah. Well, there's more tunnel.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So so maybe that's, to me, that would be my metaphor, that finally the idiots managed to put the batteries in the flashlight. So now at least (laughs) as we stumble looking for the end of the tunnel... We have a little bit, hopefully, more direction, and we'll see. I, I, I think, I give, I agree with you, Alan. That I can't believe you interrupted me when I said the sentence. I agree with uh, you, Alan. I, I, that was such <laughs> malpractice. Of I, rubbing, I, I, how, how are you supposed to? That you're so not competitive. Uh, <laughs> no, but I agree with you that I give a tremendous amount of credit for Gaunt to Gantz. I know not everybody agrees for being flexible and putting, I think, nation over party and. I think that's the core of what democracy is. And and I give credit to Bibi for wheeling and dealing and getting it, getting this ship to shore. Like that was not, this was hard negotiation and he lost key allies along the way. Uh, but as the head of that negotiation, he pulled it off. As long as we get to tonight, this is being recorded Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Hopefully by Friday morning, we will have a I'm, government. I'm
2: waiting for of, the Hopefully my- we won't have to... Sorry, Matt. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for the phone call tomorrow morning. Hey, Matt, can you jump on for 20 minutes Thanks. just to, to go over this because it's, it's all out of date now? Yeah, sure. Exactly. Oh. I was,
1: uh, hopefully we won't have to re-record. <laughs> oh, geez.
0: Oh, man. Oh, no, no, no. Don't even joke, guys. All right. Well, that sort of brings us, uh, uh, I, I think, some clarity, I hope, to uh, Behind the Headlines, which, of course, is part of our mission here at the Makom Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. So thank you very much, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you, Mike. And thank you in advance to Ben for engineering these crazy recordings into something listen to Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Macomb Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next time.